0: Greetings from NPR Sports, I'm Joseph Craven. Breaking news, as it turns out, reports are saying sports still exist in this modern society. For more on this, let's go to NPR reporter, Alex Level. Hello there.
1: Yes, that is absolutely true.
0: This is NPR. This is not like a sex line that you call into, man. Come on.
1: I thought those were one and the same.
0: <laughs> they are for some people. Welcome to "You'll Never Talk Alone." I am Joseph Craven. I'm joined by Alex Level and Zach Osborne, the original triumvirate, back together again for this episode.
1: Hello! Uh, oh, oh.
2: I don't, I don't, I don't know what that was.
1: <laughs> it's,
2: it's been a while, guys. <laughs> your excitement is baffable. it was, like a, it, was like a hit, it was hip-hop santa <laughs> it was like a lot of ho ho ho's i don't I, I literally have no idea where that came from <laughs> i apologize um it's just let's, let's scrap it let's scrap the whole recording let's start back over this is it's not it's, it's not working
0: it's okay. not working all right we did the npr thing and then me <laughs> then hip-hop
2: santa real confused yeah. It was a natural progression of ideas, I think. I, honestly, I have a I have a really bad habit of right as you're starting the podcast, I'm looking at my Google News feed and it just showed me that PBR just released an 8% alcohol by volume seltzer oh water. God. And that like that like really effed me up mentally. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, what it can we talk about seltzer water for just a minute because like I'm I believe Natty Light has even introduced a seltzer water yeah. now. Wasn't it always? They
2: seltzer
0: have, water? and the name <laughs> yeah.
2: of it is is a is a, a uh, stepbrothers reference. Did you see that? It didn't what's the it? Flavor, what is it's the flavor of their seltzer wa- seltzer water is called the Catalina Lime Mixer. <laughs> 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 an epic Catalina <laughs> Lime Mixer, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, that yeah. is outstanding, but Alex, I'm right there with you. They didn't really make a seltzer water. They just rebranded their own product already and referred to it as seltzer water. Yeah. because uh, They pivoted. mess <laughs> is just water to begin with. <laughs> All right. There we go. Thank you for tuning into this episode <laughs> where we discuss the hottest seltzer water trends. Um, I don't get it. I don't get seltzer water. I cannot. I'm, I'm down in a Guinness as we speak. And uh, that's about as close to water as I consume on a normal, regular basis. Um, We are now. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am on my way out of this life. (laughs) Uh, We are one week into the season, starting things off with a good four to one victory. I don't think any of us predicted four one last week, Alex, did we? Uh, I think one person might have. I'm pretty. Who was it? You?
2: Did you yeah, say four one? It was
1: me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I stand corrected then. I stand corrected. I definitely uh, forgot that you said four. 4- oh, that's right because you then said I a different it
1: to be yeah. the new season's scoreline. Right. But really, that's I exactly one. So let's exactly keep it. in mind that as we talk, just listen to me because I'm the one that's right, <laughs> the only one that matters. Four <laughs> one uh,
0: started things off with. Um, our lead goal scorer from last season, Grant Hanley, um, starting off the scoring. I think that's right, isn't it? Like yeah. a new signing, yeah, just like a new signing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the benefit of the the own goal from a, an aggressive attack that he didn't know what to do with, um, slash, he just kind of knocked it into his goal. Uh, Mohamed Salah, big verge, and Origi. It was like a greatest hits. <laughs> of the last season <laughs> as far as scoring yeah. uh, went in there. Um, and then uh, an interesting stat line, Alex, that you pointed out to us about Norwich's goal scorer. Uh, you texted it to us earlier in the day. Do you want to share that with the listeners?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard it, it's been doing the the rounds. Um, but Timu Puki has scored with his first shot on target of every season for the past eight seasons. So really, a goal by him versus us was yeah. inevitable,
0: right? Like
1: it just makes sense. It's supposed to
0: happen. That is that really is just insane to me. I think it's across
1: five teams, four or five teams. It's
0: ridiculous. Wow. That really is impressive. So hey, you know what? Props to him for that. Gold Good for star. Him. Good for him. Gold star goes to Timu Puki. Thank you, Timu, for joining Almost us on this podcast. in the league. It really is. It kind of has a bit of a, uh, I don't know, like like a Pokemon feel to it a little bit. Is he finish?
1: Um, he is. He's a great finisher. I was, uh,
0: <sighs> <laughs> All right. Well, Alex has been muted. Uh, it just goes without saying. Um, let's get into the discussion here on the actual match itself um, and how we felt the team performed. It's always, I feel like, a little bit difficult to be the opening match of the entire brand new season. Um, so that probably, uh, you know, you would think had to play a little bit into what was going on. Aside from the fact that this, of course, is a team who, um, I don't know, didn't really get a summer off at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, they should still be pretty fresh. But uh, Alex, what's your assessment of this This 4-1 victory and we're going to talk about the the match itself first before we get into some of the big bigger storylines concerning uh goalkeeping and so on and so forth so let's talk about the match itself
1: first and foremost alex what was your take on this it really illustrated despite how people may feel about the summer transfer window or about our squad depth or anything how good we still are because we weren't even uh, at top speed in any of this match, really, and we were still just completely dominant against a team that was definitely going for it and definitely put up a challenge. But even when we were sloppy, even when we were adjusting to the tempo of a league match again after playing preseason friendlies, we still were sharpening up and cleaning up messes and going at them and keeping them terrified and scared. I mean, Sure, maybe they could have scored a few more times than they did, but we also could have scored many more times than we did. Um, and they, I mean they they have to thank their defenders for deflecting half of our shots, um, like a FIFA glitch. And then Tim Cruel, I mean, they kept them in the match much longer than they probably should have, and we just were dominant. And it was really comforting to see after all the stuff that has happened preseason, us go out there. And take care of business. And get to a point where we could let the foot off the gas. And let them right. have false hope in the second half. And let them kind of do their thing. While also not really feeling like our lead was ever under any threat.
0: Yeah. Uh, Zach, did you feel like giving up a goal was anything to really be
2: concerned about at all in this opening match? Uh, not really. Just especially considering at what point of the match... That goal actually came, you know, like the storyline of the match was already written at that point, barring some sort of miraculous comeback. Um, So it it didn't, you know, really cause anyone to to panic or or feel like we had not thoroughly dominated the match. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't think the one giving up the one goal is especially alarming uh, it, it's it's nice that we have uh, sort of grown so much as a team that we are almost now trained to expect a clean sheet, especially against uh, <laughs> yeah. a side that's clearly yeah. uh, weak, so much weaker than us. You know, because this time, even you know, a year and a half to two years ago, we would have expected to give up multiple goals against pretty much anyone in the league. And the only way of winning was to outscore them. Um, So it's nice that we can be in this position now where, you know, it's it's a talking point that we gave up a goal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's very true. It was not that long ago that... It was a, uh, a a small miracle when you know we gave up less than right, multiple right. goals, you know, and had to like outscore opponents, you know, four to three in order to win most games, you know, that sort of thing. So there was that aspect of it. Uh, Zach, we'll go back to you um, and get kind of your your general thoughts on the team's performance in this particular match. Uh, tell us a bit about um, you know anything that maybe stood out to you or, or individual players that stood out to you in this match.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a little tough to give a a thorough analysis only because um, this was essentially the first day of school for me and uh, I only got to see uh, parts of the second half. So I missed all the real good stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, But it seemed like um, a lot of people were highlighting uh, Bobby's performance Um, A lot of people were giving Hendo quite a bit of praise from the spells that I was able to see. Really just kind of everyone looked quite sharp. Um, But it was sort of the the storyline of the the match for me personally uh, was not seeing any of the first half and then checking in and first seeing the scoreline and being hyped about that but then seeing that Allison had been injured and just mm. the sheer terror of that realization because um, normally when a when a keeper is injured and goes out, it, it's usually uh, not a good thing. it's probably something kind of serious. so um, <laughs> that that was kind of the the first thing I learned about how the match was going and it, it sort of put a damper on uh, the excitement i would have felt if i had been watching all of the goals go in as they happened but um yeah from from what i've seen um i'd probably say uh bobby and and hindo stood out uh will caves would be
0: very happy to hear you say yeah. all of that good um, good for ahead. sure yeah I, yeah No, you're absolutely right it is a uh, that would be the most, you know, I guess, shocking or <laughs> terrifying thing uh, to come in and catch at the very end is seeing that the big storyline was this particular injury. Um, and we will, I guess, jump into that discussion a little bit here. But before we do that, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't most people name Bobby the, the man of the match? Is that right, Alex? Do you remember that?
1: I think so. Yeah, because yeah. he was just everywhere doing everything. And yes, yeah. I mean, it. it brought his importance to the team back to the forefront just because he was so good. Yep,
0: and I think it really says a tremendous amount about the importance of a player when most people are calling him main of the match and he was not one of the people that scored one of the goals. You know, you've got a multiple goal match and he is not one of the guys who got any of them. Um, And so it really, it shows you just, you know, his importance... From a tactical standpoint, you know, we say all the time how our fullbacks and Bobby are like the two or are like the two most unique areas in the way that we we play. Uh, this is just another example of that in this particular match uh, was his importance and the way he plays. Um, I, I think it's really good that we saw uh, Divock Origi be able to put in a, a good performance from a more outside position. Um, considering a lot of the times that he's been the hero, he's been coming in as like a, a replacement for Roberto Firmino, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, as a whole, it's just kind of like this was, this is kind of what we needed um, to start the season. We needed a just a, a good, confident victory um, where we were obviously the better team the entire time. Uh, it wasn't, you know, gone are the days of the awkward uh, Daniel Sturridge 1-0 Uh, ways to start the season that we always seem to have um, that sort of thing. So it was good to see that the, uh, but as we said, the biggest storyline kind of out of this is of course the injury to uh, Allison Becker, the goalkeeper never good. When you see a goalkeeper get injured in general, never good. When you see a non-contact injury, those tend to be the scariest of all sports injuries. Um, because it just means that something in your body went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, Zach, you said it uh, that you were, you know, that was kind of your, you didn't see it when it happened, sort of thing. You didn't see how him go down, all that sort of stuff. So,
2: you hear the news. I mean, what are you feeling in that moment? Well, the the first thing that happened is I realized that Adrian was in the game and i'm like what the hell um, that's not normal and then i had to go back <laughs> suddenly i was like wait a second he must have started the match it what is this is this some weird goalkeeping mm-hmm. rotation is this trying to tell you know this new signing hey man we really like you we really believe in you and then i i started sort of uh, frantically sending texts in our group text, like yo what happened and you know, Will was pretty much like, yeah, we know, we don't really know. He just kind of fell down after taking a cold kick. Uh, but yeah, you, like I spent years on this podcast just saying, like, give us a keeper, give us a keeper. And like, we, yeah. when we got Allison, like, it has been everything I ever hoped that it would be and more. He's so vital to the team. He saved us in so many situations. Um, I think he and Van Dyke together have just totally transformed our defense, and, and they play with so much confidence. So it is obviously concerning. Um, I'm not ready to go into full-on panic mode yet, but uh, yeah. it's Well, why not? I, That's your brand. Look, w- yeah, it how, is my how brand. How are we going to get Just you let's wait until Adrian has one mistake, and I will be there. You can count on me. <laughs> uh, to, f- to freak out. And hopefully Will will be on yeah, I mean, whenever that happens so that he can counterpoint uh-huh. and tell me that I'm a drama queen.
0: Yep. Yeah, Will will sent us in a text his hot takes, and I thought it was funny because all of them were just like, all the players that we think are infallible will make uh, one mistake this season, and we're just going to have to live with that. that was kind of it and we were like whatever man shut up we're trying to be we're trying to be blind optimists stop bringing us down with your reality
2: well i think uh alex look Oh, sorry
0: no you go ahead you go ahead um
2: i was just gonna say uh, the hot take that he gave that i thought was the 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 best or the most insightful was he just said adrian is just like simon mignolay or around the same skill level. He just is not named Simon Minule, And so the fans are going to give him <laughs> a better chance, and we're not panicking because his name is not Simon Minule. And my response is yes. that's really just a – I yeah, would but, say that's a lukewarm take. That's just kind of correct. It's, it's not really that hot of a really take. It really is. It really is. No, or at least as far
0: as we know, it's about – uh, you know, as as, yeah, it's it's everything that we, uh, as far as we know, we haven't seen it much. It's all we can assume. So, yeah, uh, Alex, let's talk about the backup a little bit here. Um, Adrian is, uh, I mean, brought in. Uh, you know, it seemed like on Thursday, and then has to go in on Friday. Um, Alex, what do we know about him uh, as far as his his resume
1: coming in here? I mean, he'd been pretty solid for West Ham up until I think the start of last season when Fabianski took over for him. Maybe it was a couple of seasons before that where they'd kind of been alternating, but he was um, just a, a pretty good goalkeeper, good shot stopper, better with his feet than a, a lot would. A lot of keepers. Um, before it became commonplace for keepers to be as good as Chabi Alonso at passing, um, so I mean, it, then it just kind of fell off. And as Andrew would say, how could anyone be good at West Ham? So it's kind of understandable <laughs> for him to have dropped off in form a little bit. But I, I mean, I, I like the signing um, to that point. Yes, he's not Simon Mignolet, but I had a bit of a experiment when Will sent that message. I went to YouTube and typed in. Simon Mignolet error and a lot of stuff came up with both him and Carius. and then I typed in Adrian West Ham error and it just turned up a compilation of his saves so that's a little focus group of how much more confident people are in his ability. That's the most Alex level thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I was just curious because I was like I haven't seen him play in a while I was like is he any good? And uh, he would always be one of those keepers like Wayne Hennessy. Whenever we would play West Ham, he would just turn into a freak. And mm-hmm. it was like in that period where we had Brendan Rodgers and we just could not beat West Ham ever, he would do that. So that was what I mostly remembered about him. I was like, is he any good besides that? Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he will give more calm to the back line simply because he can play with his feet. Our, our back line always counts on that outlet pass back to the keeper in case we need to recycle possession when they're under pressure because they're pressuring us. So, I mean, we saw that a little bit against Norwich um, when they were going with the higher press. We would pass it back to Adrian, and his distribution was good. So, I mean, I'm feeling pretty confident about him. Although, I mean, he played for, what, 60 minutes, and he let in a goal already, so he's obviously terrible. Oh, he's trash. <laughs> That's how it works yeah. with goalkeepers. I- Yep. It didn't have to go through anybody else before it went through him. Um, but to his credit, we now know Timu Puki completely unstoppable with his first right. shot on target of a season. So Yeah, to learn uh, to Adrian probably
0: won't let in a goal for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, that was the one. Everybody gets one. <laughs> um, and I mean, he didn't really have that much to do when he came in, even though our, our defense was a bit sloppy. Um, it was kind of a two-sided coin where our defense was sloppy and they were pretty good in attack considering they're a newly promoted team uh, away at anfield in their first match so feeling okay going into the super cup and southampton in the next 40 years um, according to the injury update that we got that placed allison's return sometime between today and the end of the world right so (laughs) it seems reasonable uh Yeah, I'm fine with him not being Mignolet, and I'm fine with him being in goal.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been difficult, obviously, to find anything on the uh, uh, Allison injury. Um, I think the the most that we've been able to hear is that uh, uh, Klopp has at least confirmed that he's not going to play at Southampton, and that's it. You know, (laughs) right. Uh, the club said that it was like a calf injury. Club didn't want to go into any more details, you know. Uh, so they're really playing this one t- uh, close to the chest. But this is where, I, I mean, I feel oh, fine with uh, Adrian, mostly because he is, you know, just kind of a veteran presence. He's not a a younger, uh, promising keeper that we are, like, trying to see how he develops Um, You know, we're not doing that sort of thing. This is not a Loris Carius situation. Um, This is not, uh, you know, a Quaveen Keller (laughs) situation, you know, where we're like, oh, you know, let's see how this young guy, you know, continues to develop. It's nothing like that. This is, he was a veteran and we brought him in to be a veteran, you know, backup second choice preference. He's getting thrown in there faster than we hoped he would. But it makes me feel a little bit better considering he is, you know, he's yeah, he's probably not great, but he's experienced. He's been in the Premier League for a while, you know, um, that's what is it? I, I looked it at uh, 125 appearances um, for West Ham. So he's got plenty of playing time under his belt. That makes me feel a little bit better, uh, even if the the caliber of play is not going to be the same um at all so
1: there's that yeah, aspect of it's, it. it's weird to say about a goalkeeper but he lets us do stylistically what we want to do at the back and that that's right. huge i mean that's something that he, whenever there was a back pass to mignolet and even Carrius, there was always that heart and throat please don't shake this into your own net kind of feeling but there's less of that when the ball's at his feet
0: zach were you about to say something
1: I wish we still had Danny Ward. Mm.
2: Danny Ward would be fun in this situation. I think so, too. I think so, too. But but Adrian's probably going to be fine. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. He's got better hair. Doesn't take much. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a situation. Can we sign any more goalkeepers with female A names? Right. That's that's the issue here. That's
0: the most important. Yeah, question. I mean, we're going from Allison to Adrian. Yeah. Uh, even like even you can't. <laughs> get, <laughs> it just seems like it's the most logical. Uh, you know,
2: it's a motif. Right, it's yeah.
0: <laughs> when when Alex is talking about you know it, we play our style back there, what he means is our naming style. Yeah. Of the goalkeepers that we prefer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. We're getting back to our roots here with discussing words and names. <laughs> yeah. I, been a while. I think the
0: uh, I think the the I guess the the only thing to really do now is to like try to put Ashley Cole in goal and see how he does back there. Right. I mean, that's the only uh-huh, logical thing uh-huh. I can think of. He's probably too short for that. But
2: yeah, have we mentioned that we hate Croydon. <laughs> God,
0: we hate Croydon so much. I actually had a conversation with a friend on Saturday morning. Um, I went over to their house. Uh, to watch. And we were debating which of the uh, multitude of wonderful NBC gold uh, games to to put on there. Um, by the way, screw NBC. Yeah. Uh, and uh, naturally he went with the Brighton match. And I was like, well, I'm glad that you did. It's like, I was kind of wondering if the palace match would be more entertaining to watch or something. He goes, why would we as Brighton fans ever watch palace? I was like, you're so right, man. You're so right. And then we talked for about
2: 10, 15 minutes about how Croydon sucks.
0: Love it. So, yeah. yeah. It sucks.
2: Uh, just just, just it also, it makes for great radio to bring up inside jokes that only people who have listened to the podcast for like three plus years would understand. Exactly.
0: This one goes out um, to all of our
2: long time <laughs> followers out
0: there. This is season five with the original trio. So, we're just going to relive season one. <laughs>
1: All the great I uh, just want to point out that there I, I found the ideal a named goalkeeper to play back there. okay uh, yeah I thought this was a fake person and then I looked him up and he's a real person. Uh, he plays for Alda CV in Argentina and sure. he's a goalkeeper and his name is Fabian Asman
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: yes. I
1: love it. So, a train, Alton, and Ass Man.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yep. Yep. All right. He's in. Let's just go ahead and petition. Whoever it is that listens to the podcast that is in the uh, uh, the, the transfer um, committee up there in Liverpool, that's our guy. That's the guy to look after. There we go. Um, all right. Let's talk about some other news. With the uh, with the team um, talking, it's more depth news as well. There have been reports about um, Dejan Lovren coming close to a uh, a potential move to Roma. Is that correct with the rumors, Alex? Uh, see, ah, thank you. Um, so he's being moved out to the sea. I believe that's what Alex just told me. Um, so <laughs> with with this potential of of Lovren g- leaving, a guy that we have. Uh, giving grief to over the years but i think also have kind of uh understood his um being a good locker room presence and stuff like that what are your thoughts on this potential move um alex we'll go back to you now and go back into the uh our our alphabetical order um way of doing things but uh what are your thoughts on if this deal actually happens
1: Uh, Well, based on the discussions I've been having with some fellow Liverpool fans, I am very much in the minority of this. I am perfectly okay with us selling him. This is kind of the last time we could get any money for him. That's Um, true. I I know the transfer window is shut, but it seems like Klopp and the club are going all in on youth, and a fourth-choice center back is probably one of the few positions you can actually really bet in young players. I mean, Klopp has been talking up, Hoover, uh, who can play right back and center back. He could see his future in there. I mean, we also brought in Seth Vandenberg, who has professional experience. I mean, he probably needs to bulk up uh, and turn into an adult since he's, what, like four. Um, So (laughs) that might take some time, but we shouldn't need our fourth choice center back that much. Um, I mean, I know our combination of Gomez and Matip is never fit at the same time, except for maybe right now. So that is a bit of a concern, and if injuries start piling up, then we'll have to deal with it. But I, I mean, we have we've talked at length about how Dayon Lover never inspires confidence, and he's always rocky. And I love his off the field persona and presence. He's great. He's hilarious. Love his bromance with Mohamed Salah. But I'm perfectly okay with getting him off the books. We know he backs himself very strongly and he's the type of person that wants to go and play. Uh, And I bet he'll get some playing time in Rome. They're they're having a bit of a center back reshuffle since Manolas left. And for some reason, Roma continues to do us favors first Salah, then Allison, now taking Lovren off our hands. Like we (laughs) we owe them everything. So I I don't know. We'll give them a coupon (laughs) to Bennigan's or something, but this, I, I think, it's I'm okay with offloading him because it's good for him, it's good for us, and it's good for our back line. I mean, Zach, do you
0: agree with this being a good move, or are you one of those? Are uh, you one of the ones who thinks that the depth and locker room presence is a, a you know reasons to keep him around?
2: No, I actually agree with uh, pretty much all of Alex's points. It to me, it just feels like the right time. Um, it it feels like um, Lovren could potentially stand out as a pretty good player in Italy where things are a little bit slower and you know we've seen um, Liverpool bench warmers move to Italy and have a, a renaissance in recent times you know like my boy Lucas Leva. yeah um, so yeah it 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 feels like an appropriate move. It feels like the right time to me. Um, It feels like it's best for both parties. And it's definitely not one of those moves where we're saying, you know, get the hell out of our club. And and I I mean, obviously we're all, well, maybe not all of us, but most of us are going to feel better about not seeing Lovren have to go out anymore for us. But we wish him the best, and and I personally think he'll do pretty well in the Italian league if that is where he ends up going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the only things that, you know, and I believe I said this on our Keeper Cell uh, episode, is that yeah, I do like, I, obviously you never want to be short on depth uh, in a position where we've had a lot of injury issues already uh, in the past few years, Um but at the same time, like he also was, you know, a guy that was well liked by the team, and obviously close friends with Mohamed Salah. Uh, so that's the only stuff about it that I look at, and I'm like, yeah, that's he was. I I, I said that I would have liked to, you know, he was worth keeping for all the intangible reasons, and then I never want to see him on the field ever again. And maybe that's just, you know, we're just trying to do him a favor and giving him a chance to play somewhere because I think we understand that. Um, the club does not necessarily want to trust him um, in on the field either. <laughs> so, uh, But does the depth at center back worry you at
1: all, Alex, with him being gone? Uh, I mean, a little bit, I guess. But uh, I, mean, I know I'm one of his more harsh critics, and I, <laughs> I don't feel that much worse having someone young in there who is constantly learning and constantly developing for any of those situations where we we will need a fourth-choice center back. So I'm more okay with it. Um, But, again, wish him well. He did provide one of the happiest moments of my Liverpool fandom, that header against Dortmund, and we'll never forget that. And he's been a part of this transformation of the team, Uh, whether or not his performances on the field have been the biggest part of that. Um, that it could be a little bit unfortunate, but he has been there and he's been supportive, and he he does love this club, and we can never take that away from him, and it makes everyone incredibly happy to see how much he loves the club. So nothing but the best for him, but also kind of glad he we will not be seeing him. Well, not ho- hopefully, I guess, to get the money from the sale, and hopefully he moves, but that we won't be seeing him.
0: Hopefully. Yes. Um and if we do see him hopefully he's lining up for another team that we go up against that uh and he, you know, has a massive error that leads to a goal for them for once.
1: And you know, we don't have to deal with that. So I'm looking forward to the battle between him and newly cemented center midfield player Fabio Barini. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. How about a
0: how about uh, was it Suso and Barini both scoring goals the other day, or in, yeah. and in the same match in like a Liverpool Legends uh, friendly? I guess is what was going on there. Yeah, that's the how I like scoring. to think them. Yeah. <laughs> high <school for> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, we got two matches coming up uh, this week. Uh, we've got the the Super Cup, the UEFA Super Cup, which conveniently enough uh, is. English teams. So there we go. Um, and along with that, we play against our Youth Academy, Southampton, um, on the 17th. So a couple of matches within the span of three days of each other. Uh, Zach, the Super Cup, um, I mean, obviously not exactly a uh, one of the prestigious titles that we really try to aim to add to our trophy collection or anything like that, but uh, are are you excited about the Super Cup? Are you looking forward to it? I mean, what's what are your thoughts on us even playing this match?
2: First and foremost, uh, on one hand, I'm asking myself if I'm supposed to care, and if <laughs> and if Liverpool is supposed to care. And on the other hand, any opportunity to beat Chelsea is worth it. Always. My hatred for anyway. Chelsea goes back to the early days of my fandom, uh, when when they were uh, formidable in the league, and and Drogba was a, a little poohead. Um, I can't stand that guy. I feel safe saying that
0: we will not here, but can't stand. Yeah, if
2: Will were here, he would he would be jumping in. To Apparently we just, we um, just really miss Will tonight. We've referenced him like seven times. Gosh, Will, you bring so much, man. You you've gotta you gotta come back on the pod. You're the only um, one here I say that, that has like someone opinions. who is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the irony of me demanding someone make an appearance on the yeah. pod is yeah, yeah. Numerous, <laughs> I was gonna let it slide, but I'm glad that you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm um, I would. i I'm interested to see. I'm interested, honestly, to hear Alex tell me <laughs> who is likely to even feature and if we're going to rotate heavily, if we're going to obviously pivot to caring more about the league fixture at the weekend. Um, I really just don't know what to expect out of the Super Cup, and I need people smarter than myself to tell me. Well,
0: that rules me and Alex out. So I guess if you're listening to this episode and you want to tell Zach,
1: <laughs> Alex, how should we feel about this? I think we should be excited. This is I mean, this is a match reserved for one of the winners of the European trophies, and that's us. And that hasn't been us for a while. So I'm pumped. It, it's not the biggest trophy, but it's I mean, it's bigger than the Community Shields. Uh, it's kind of on that level with the Club World Cup, where it's still a thing. And it's kind of important, but not too important. But I I would love to have, to win another UEFA trophy. Uh, But I'm also concerned that we're, I mean, Naby just pulled up with an injury today in training. And that's the second of the six people that came late, um, excluding Mane, to preseason. So I'm a little worried about fatigue for that. But I I don't think we're going to rotate that much. I think we're going to go all in. And I think we're going to try to, beat the hell out of Chelsea because they're looking pretty vulnerable and they're not going to have that many people back from injury. If anyone from their drubbing against Manchester United this weekend, and it would be a great statement of intent. This could be a statement match against a domestic rival. Uh, So I'm looking forward to it. Um, Yeah. I I feel like that UEFA did not anticipate English clubs being in this game. So they scheduled it when they did when. A lot of other leagues have not started yet. So for us, it falls awkwardly in between the first and second matches. But if it was like a German or a Spanish team, they haven't even started the season yet. So it would still kind of be preseason. So I think just timing wise, it feels more like a competitive fixture, probably more than it would have had it been last week. So. I mean, what
0: did, what do we do with the fact that this backs right up onto you know an important uh, early season league match where you really want to you know get easy easy points? I guess you know, you know I, I don't really know if you call anything in the league easy and feel comfortable saying that because then you look like an idiot if you don't get all the three points. But uh, you know this should be relatively easy points against against Southampton. I mean, how do we feel about having uh, you know a match? early on having matches stack
1: up like this. Are you, are you worried at all about that, Alex, or
0: does that not matter as much to
1: you? We we ask a lot of our front three, and this is a lot of games early on in the season, but we, we showed last season that sometimes having longer breaks is not very helpful for us. I think we did worse after more than seven days of rest uh, than we did without it. So maybe we're just a team that is, better when we're in a a rhythm of quick turnarounds and want to thank the premier league for not pushing our game back to Sunday for some reason. Um, (laughs) We have a Wednesday game. So naturally we have a Saturday game kind of like wolves last week where they had a Thursday game and then a Sunday game. So thank you for not letting us have as much rest as possible. You've been so accommodating for all of our UEFA fixtures and just keep it up. I, give us the friday game next time we have a wednesday game let's let's yeah not rest at all
0: no no in fact i'm waiting for the day that they throw our, our match game right there on a wednesday right along with the super cup <laughs> we just have to do a back-to-back you know send half the team off to the super cup keep the other half uh, in england you know why not right seems right to me um because of the fact that by the time you're listening to this dear listener uh, you could be very well be listening to it after the Super Cup's already done. Let's not dwell on that match uh, much longer, but look ahead to Southampton. This weekend on Saturday, uh, I mean, first of all, Zach, you excited to have a Saturday match to be able to actually sit down and enjoy this time around? Absolutely.
2: Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are a lot of days where we will be playing a late afternoon match during the week, and I will be... I shouldn't be saying this on air, but I will be tailoring the lesson plans just a bit uh, so that I can maybe sneak as, as much viewing of the match as possible. But, you know, first time meeting new students, got to be professional, got to make you sure. Gotta, they, yeah, you got to work them up to that, you know? You have yeah, to, you, know, you I have follow, to know, I follow the don't smile until Christmas rule. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good advice for uh, aspiring educators is just be a jerk and make sure it's better to be feared than loved is what I say. Yep. Oh, yeah. Fully, fully agreed. Um,
0: But for real, though, we do have this Southampton match uh, coming up. We do have, um, you know, a a winnable uh, should be three points sort of situation here. Um, Zach what are you hoping to see in this particular matchup especially considering as we just discussed it's a match coming on the heels of a, a UEFA Super Cup just a few days earlier uh, what, do you, what are you hoping to see what are you what do you hope to accomplish in this particular matchup comfortable win no injuries. Yeah, that is the dream, isn't it? That's like the Liverpool dream. We Mm -hmm. we haven't we so inconsistent on uh, getting that over the past several seasons that it's just we dream of it. Yeah, that's what I want out of the Uh, Southampton match. Yeah, Uh, Alex, how about you? What do you expect to see out of this match?
1: I really want to put them to the sword and just kind of stab them repeatedly. Like let's let's get another big win. Let's take advantage of their poor defense. I mean, I think they conceded the most hilarious goal of the weekend uh, besides maybe the Decoray Megging Ben Foster own goal. I don't know if you've seen it where the ball was looped up and Vestergaard just like spun around four times and then fell over and just missed the ball completely. And actually and went and scored. <laughs> it was just real bad. So I'm hoping we can make them look like that again. And just, you know, I think after the Van Dyke saga where everybody hates them, so let's reinforce how much we hate them. And let's get Adrian a clean another clean sheet because I'm anticipating him getting one in the super cup. But let's just keep Ooh. getting him in those clean sheets. Let's have dual golden glove keepers this season. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. I love I love this ridiculous optimism that we've talked ourselves into
2: already. Um, <laughs> Alex, I want on, you to know all in on it. When you when you said put to the sword um, the immediate image that, that flooded my mind was Fabio Verini's goal celebration. It, 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 <laughs> I, and I think, I hope that I can now impart that image onto everyone else. Uh, whenever they hear anyone say, put someone to the sword. It's uh, always been so weird. You that he does it
0: that. Oh yeah. No, I think I, yep. Alex, you're, I'm on it. I'm on it. That's the thumbnail now. We got it. This whole episode is now dedicated to Fabio Barini. <laughs> just biting his We hand. miss Fabio. We miss Fabio and we miss Will Caves. That's really all I'm getting out of this entire episode mm-hmm.
2: here. Andrew will get I no love you. here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Look, man. We, just, we were playing Barini in the wrong positions. If yeah. you saw him last season, he played right back. He's played center mid. He's played right mid. What were we doing playing him at striker? Makes no sense. We are idiots.
0: (laughs) Every single one of us. All right, let's get a... uh, I think we need to do a little um, for Kits and Giggles on... uh, Should we do do both teams or should we save uh, a Chelsea for Kits and Giggles until we play them in the league?
1: Let's save it for the league.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So let's focus on Southampton's uh, Kits for this season. And do a little uh, kits and giggles um, off of our uh, our youth league or our, our youth academy team. Sorry, I was googling the images and I got so distracted by their kits for this season that it, I completely lost my train of thought. It's an so abomination. That should go ahead and give you. I uh, should go ahead and give you a bit of a rundown of how I feel about that, Zach. What? what makes it such an abomination let's
2: talk about it 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 okay so objectively historically uh the red and white of southampton uh is usually a fairly attractive setup but it's the weird sure. black area around the collar uh that just it ruins it. And I mean, also the sponsor yeah. is, is horrible. Um, the, the whole package. And it looks like the city of Dallas. Right? It's just not, it's just not good. No, no. The, the very Alex, simple. What were you saying, Alex? Al- Alex, Al- Alex?
1: Oh, oh yeah. I, I thought Zach was saying something.
2: Yeah, I was, but you know,
1: you interrupted. So, <laughs> Go ahead. (laughs) It just hit me that the D looks like the City of Dallas logo. It was not a valuable addition. I'm sorry, Zach. Wow. I cannot
0: believe that we stopped what we were doing. Yeah, hard hard hitting an hour to say
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Why why Southampton
2: sponsors the city of Dallas, Texas. All right. Whoop de doo. We've now gotten so serious in the most inherently silly part of this episode <laughs> it's, it's suddenly really tense and i and i can't see any of you now <laughs> since we're no longer Can in start the section
1: over.
0: yeah <laughs> run, run back the whole episode just scratch all of it
1: alex what do you hate about southampton's kids <laughs> um most first of all i hate zach's opinion on southampton's kids <laughs> uh secondly if there's one thing that i've branded myself as on this season's uh you'll never talk alone it's that if the stripes don't go all the way up i don't like it and what do these stripes not do on this kit go all the way up Mm -hmm. there it is
0: um no i'm right there with you the uh, there's like one time that that uh design um with like a different color up there on the shoulders um the only time that it looks okay is when it is definitely specifically on the shoulders and lets the stripes come up at least to the neck. But anytime you've got this weird shoulder, you know, patch thing that goes below the neck and then like the stripes start on a certain point like on your on your chest, it's not okay. It's just not okay. And then you've got and then you've got like the black and neon uh kit they've got going as well. Um, which is like the same general template, but then with like, I don't know, neon. I'm never a big fan. I was not a big fan of the neon trend of a few years ago, and it's weird to me that Southampton's trying to like bring it back with this one. So I also think that the Away kit is a terrible, terrible kit as well. So I can't find anything good at all about the 19 to 20 Southampton kits. Yep. Yep. I tried to think about yep. it. Yep. Couldn't yep. find anything. <laughs> 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 so they're terrible. Let's get a scoreline prediction and wrap up this episode. Uh, Alex, start us off, please, sir.
1: Uh, I'm going to continue with my successful picks. Uh, we're going to win the Super Cup 4-1. Woo. And we're going to beat Southampton 4-1. All right. Mm. Just 4-1s all <laughs> around.
2: I'll, I'm all about it. Zach, how about you? Uh, we're going to win... The Super Cup 2-1, and we're going to beat Southampton
0: 3-0. Nice. Um, I uh, am going to go 1-0 uh, Super Cup victory, 3-0 uh, three, three nil Southampton victory. I'm going to copy Zach on that one. That's what you said, right? Yeah, three nil? yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to copy you on that one as well. So, boom. That's it. We have done it. We have discussed week one of the 19 to 20 uh, Premier League season. Uh, real quick, Alex, how did your fantasy team do this weekend?
1: Uh, I think I got 83 points. Did, did nice. fairly well.
0: Zach, how about you? Did you also get in the 80s? Cause I feel like all of us picked Muhammad Salah. Virgil Van Dyke and Andy Robertson. I feel like every single
2: team in our league
0: picked those three players.
2: Uh, no, I came up a little bit shorter than that. I'm sitting on sixty eight, um, and I went with with Van Dyke and and Trent instead because I feel like Trent uh, taking set pieces may be the better pick over Andy this season. But we'll mm. see. We'll see. Um, I think. Anyone who had both Salah and Sterling just killed it this week. Yep.
0: That we did. Um, we need to do another Premier fantasy Premier League episode uh, with with Todd sometime since he's currently, I believe he finished like a couple points higher than all of us uh, in yeah. our, our particular league. So we need to go get him on the air to talk about all, give away all of his secrets. That's really all it is. We just need all of his winning strategies. All right, this has been "You'll Never Talk Alone" uh, for the uh, for the first weekend of the 19 to 20 Premier League season, heading into the prestigious UEFA Super League Cup Super Cup UEFA Super Cup League Cup. That's what it is. I think I got it. I think I got it, guys. For Zach Osborne, for Alex Level. I'm Joseph Craven, and we will see you next time on Wine T A.